Hey, this is Ben from Endseeker and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, this time along with Ben Liepelt. Hopefully I said that right. I know we talked about a pre-interview. He gave me the thumbs Spot up. On. You know, thank you so much for joining the IUF podcast series today. This is an exciting time coming up here in the next couple of months for you and the rest of the guys over at Endseeker with the release of your third studio album, Mount Carcass, uh, drops April 16th on Metal Big Records. You know, first things first, I want to commend you guys on all the levels of reactions it's been getting so far, especially with that devastating single, Unholy Rights, that dropped recently. So much to unravel about all this, Ben, but I'm going to ask a very important question, again, which we talked about pre-interview. How are you? I know it's a it's a big question, but it's a simple one, considering what's been happening in the world as of late. How's life in Germany, man? Well, actually, uh, it, it could be much worse, so it's okay. Uh, we are in kind of a lockdown, but that's not too strict, not too hard. So we're allowed to go out and uh, meet a certain number of people, and it depends from, from area to area, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, the weather turned out pretty well over the last uh, two weeks or something. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right in the middle of promoting our new record, so I'm busy as hell, and uh, well, it's good times. So I'm really looking forward to like the numbers going down, so we can do more stuff um weather getting better we can do more stuff outside you know let's just get out of this whole thing a little bit and uh yeah get back to yeah normal. i Hope. think yeah no yeah i i think we are also on the other side of this entire uh craziness i, I know like a few months ago it was already bad enough but uh, i don't know if you've seen the news as far as like what's happening in the u.s so like i said i'm in texas as far as weather we actually didn't have any power last week because we're not we're not meant to be in the snow. We we had two <laughs> snowstorms last week, and I'm glad we were able to do this interview because you know without uh, power for four days, without water for two days, it, it's it was a very different situation. And uh, we made worldwide news. I don't know if you even knew that. <laughs> it was it was nuts. Yeah, I mean, on top of our pandemic. Anyway, I digress. That's a whole different episode. Yeah, we were talking about that. But you know, I just heard about that on the side, to be honest, you know, I was so yeah. focused on, on everything else. But yeah, yeah. hey, we got uh, crazy news over here as well. So. And you know, life as of late, like we talked about, you know, many of us have also been away from the stage a lot, you know, fans and musicians alike. But how are you keeping up your guitar chops these days? You know, Ben, you know, is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine wise lately, if at all? Actually not, because we're able to rehearse. So we rehearse on the regular uh, terms that we used to do. And um, since we just came out of studio by the end of November, um, uh, that's not uh, too long ago. So I'm still pretty, <laughs> I still know how to play the songs. Uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I try, to, I try to keep in shape guitar wise, because uh, we're preparing for our record release streaming show on April 18th. Um, uh, we we try to prepare a pretty cool uh, life set for everybody. So uh, yeah, we have to rehearse for that, you know, because obviously all the older songs um, we haven't played in a while um, since we're just uh, focusing on songwriting and uh, album recording uh, during the last year. But yeah, we, we're getting back in shape. We're getting there and uh, yeah, feels good. Yeah, and I do want to touch on the live streaming here in a second, but you know, as far as your band, you know, Endseeker, you guys formed in 2014, but you've been at this for a while, Ben, even whether it's with 
and Seeker or Buried in Black, your other band. And I want to ask, you know, how was the touring life for you personally? And because I, I think you've done some extensive touring throughout your career already. You played at Summer Breeze, Party Sand Festival, Meltdown Festival, just to name a few. And now we're all kind of just taking an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life now? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, like touring and playing shows was something that was always there in my life for the last, mm. I don't know, 30 years or something. And I, I just couldn't imagine that this would just disappear like this. You know? Of course. And, and last year when, when the p pandemic hit us and, and the first shows got canceled, we thought like, ah, yeah, okay, maybe this shit is over in two months or whatever and we can get back to normal. You know, so yeah, hurry up, everybody, you know, whatever it is, a stupid virus, who cares, you know? But all of a sudden, like, we got 30 shows or whatever canceled, and we was like, fucking hell, what's yeah. going on? You know, this is terrible. Um, uh, and yeah, suddenly, you know, after a while, I really regretted every concert that I didn't go to just because I was too lazy. You know, I was, you know that, you know, I can, re I can relate to that 1000%. And whatever is in town, yeah, yeah, some I would like to go, but damn, Netflix and chill is fine too, <laughs> you know. And I was like, oh man, you know, when this is over, I go to every show, you know, this is, I'm not gonna miss a single show because it's terrible. And they can, I, 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 no, no, I was gonna say, I look forward to the day being at a show and talking to somebody and saying, hey, you remember the Netflix, Netflix and chill life, <laughs> like the <laughs> pandemic life, you know, now we're talking about, Hey, remember the show life. And I don't know how it was for you. I was at a show every week before this entire lockdown started. And, yeah. and it was, it was kind of funny how you mentioned how the first two months, the first two months were great for me. I didn't realize how much of a homebody I was. I was like, Oh wow, I can get all this shit done. And then I got it done. <laughs> and then we're like three months in. Then four months and I'm like, okay, this is starting to really settle in. Like I'm talking to you right now, Ben, and I've done over a hundred of these episodes and I didn't realize I'd be doing a podcast series a year ago. You know, yeah. like I said, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I usually do these interviews in person, which hopefully we'll get to that. You know, once you guys do come to Dallas, do another follow up. But a very popular topic that I want to talk about is live streaming. And we did touch on this recently and you guys do have one scheduled for April 18th for that live stream um, right. in lieu to that album, Mount Carcass. But I wanted to ask, considering the amount of experience you've taken in throughout your 30-year career and the venues you've played, the fans you've encountered, the collaborations you've had with many different artists, many talented different artists, do you think that the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these bands, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward in your eyes? Like, Do you still see bands doing something like this even after all this is over? No. Hmm. Oh, I don't think so. Just because um, the, the, the experience is a total different. And especially in, in metal, I think it might work for other music genres, but for metal, it's like being in this sweaty, stinking, horrible club, you know, like caged in with a bunch of drunken guys and everybody's blowing around and whatever, you know, spilling beer over you. Um, this is this is a heavy metal concert, you know, you, you, yeah. need, you need the people, you need the smell, you need the beer, you need the merchandise, you know, you have to buy the merch at the stand with the band and stuff, you know, and get shit signed and um this is it i mean it's it's a community right mm -hmm. local concerts you meet a lot of friends and you meet a lot of people that you are somehow friends with but you only meet them at concerts and 
streaming shows, you, you sit alone at home with your beer and it's hard to follow a whole show with the concentration, I think. I mean, like after 20 minutes or whatever, you know, ah, okay, nice. So what else is going on? You know, you start yeah. getting distracted or whatever, uh, checking your Facebook, Instagram. And I mean, it's it's a substitute for live concerts, but not 100%, maybe like 60%. And it's better than nothing. But I think as soon as touring is possible again, oh, man, like, <laughs> let's let's get back to the real thing, right? So I think we didn't play any streaming show yet. Last year, we thought, like, nah, we're not doing this. This is death metal in an empty club, just a bunch of cameras. It's not going to work. But, you know, after, after now having one year or more than one year without a show, it's like, dude, I go on every stage, just put a camera there and now I'm on it. Just, I want to play. I want to go out there somehow. Yeah. So that's why we set up this streaming show and we try to make it a little bit more than just a concert. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be tuning in for that streaming show, and I'm gonna write a review for it. So keep an eye out for that. So put I I know you guys are gonna kill it. You know the thing about metal is what makes metal unique is the live experience. I mean, when you're on stage, there's that whole different uh, type of energy that is unmatched. At least from my perspective, I know you can vouch for that as well, considering how long you've been in the business. And why is this? Am I in the corner of my room because I've moshed so everywhere? And the other parts of my room, considering, you know, I mean, uh, that that's great. But how much longer can I mosh in my own room for, you know? And you did the live streaming. And then how much more creative can you get? Because we've had bands like, we've had Nilo from Insomnium on this show. And he talked about his experience on selling tickets to the fans and then doing a pre-recorded show. You know, I've had artists who say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming because it just allows me to engage with my fans. And some artists would say, I'm not doing shit until all this is over. So there's no right or wrong answer to it. I love asking that question. You put it perfectly. Now, let's talk about something that is uh, going to be you know, out soon, th the third album, Mount Carcass. I know we have, we've talked about everything except the album, but comes out April 16th on Metal Blade. Uh, I'm really excited about this. You know, This is the follow-up to the 2019 Harvest. And as far as traditional old-school death metal and modern, it was so raw, so organic, angry with punk vibes. I mean, that was, I mean, right then I was like, wow, I'm already in for another treat. Powerful guitar hooks. And it was melodic at the same time. It took me back to bands like Bolt Thrower, Slayer, even Dismember. I'll even throw Morbid Angel in there. Songs like Unholy Rights to the title track to the instrumental John Carpenter cover, Escape from New York. Okay, I'm going to stop talking here because I could just go on forever <laughs> out this. So knowing that you guys did spend half a year crafting the album, Ben, how much did things change from when you first started composing on Mark Carcass, Mount Carcass to where you ended up finishing it? Was it already a specific sound you guys already had in mind for this album? Uh, well, we were talking about uh, the next album um, before we started uh, with the songwriting process, but then we were talking about uh, an album coming out in 2020, um, uh, 22. And... Um, yeah, we, we wanted it to be a little rougher and a little raw than The Harvest, so getting getting a little crazy on that. And, but as soon as we really said, okay, let's let's start writing a new record now, because we cannot play, um, we, just, we just threw all of this out of our heads. When we just started writing songs, you know, from the guts, it's just bam, it just came out. And um, somehow 
everything went on so naturally and so easily because uh, we were able to just focus on the songwriting. We had no shows, no tours that were interrupting our creative process. And uh, you don't have to be prepared for shows. You don't have to play the, the, the set, you know, just just new stuff, just new riffs, new songs, new demos. And we had tons of time. We had no time schedule at all. And um, at, a, at some point we said, OK, let's go into studio by November. And then we booked the studio and we knew, OK, we have to be done at this and that point. But we were pretty much done very early i think in september everything was done okay. and we were really we had we had a complete pre-production we had a vocal production um we were fine-tuning stuff so, okay let's do this and that fill and you know it's just everything was was absolutely set and we were just rehearsing to get fit as a band um to get into the studio and nail that shit. and we decided to okay let's let's keep this more organic uh, even production wise um we, the, the drums are not triggered you know there are no trigger signals at all on the drums it's just the 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 pure drums that you hear and we make i think for my taste a crazy good guitar production i really love the guitar sound um it's uh, it's more brutal than on the last record and um yeah we it has it has a good feel to it. Uh, I yeah. really feel the band playing the songs, and um, I'm really happy with the outcome. See what I mean? We can't stop saying good things about it. That's a good thing when it comes <laughs> from you. Now, Mount, Mount Carcass, uh, something I'm, I want to mention, be, be, you talked about the production. The record was uh, it was recorded, produced, mixed, and mastered by, is it Ike? Ike. I, yeah, Ike Freeze, and he's known for his work with Heaven Shall Burn, Deep Purple, Alice Cooper, Halloween at the Chameleon Studios in Hamburg, Germany. Was there a sense of comfortability in the studio for, for you and the guys, Ben, knowing that Ika was working on the record for you? Sure, um, because Ika did all of our previous records as well. And right. uh, we know him for ages. You know, he's he's a super close friend and uh, he's, yeah. Yeah, this is more family. <laughs> yeah, this is more family, you know. Yeah, so okay. Every time we we go into studio with him, it's like coming home, you know. It's, it's, you're super familiar with everything, and his uh, his workflow is super cool. He gives you a great feeling while you're tracking your stuff, and he's always motivating. He's always positive. He has great ideas, and um, he's he's a great guy to work with, and. Uh, even even he's a great guy to hang out with and party with. He's a he's a class A human being, you know. Really, you know, know. yeah, you know, between writing and uh, structuring the songs and the production process, like you talked about, you know, the title Mount, Mount Carcass, and this is I was really excited to get to this point. The title Mount Carcass and the lyrics of the song is derived from. It's a metaphor for our modern society using the image of the ascent of mount everest i thought that was very unique it's considering i just saw the movie everest not too long ago so this went hand in hand and it's about the commodification of ascending that mountain and the business that whole thing has turned into yeah. and then you have a song like frantic redemption which is about a famous bear nicknamed <laughs> pablo escobar who died from eating pablo escobar. 50, 50 million dollars worth of cocaine and then you have a song like merciless tide about the growing world, the so-called conspiracy theories. I love that because it's a reference. It's like Pizzagate, Canaan, uh, Flat Earthers. Like, oh my goodness gracious! And this is also a political record. So, uh, let me ask you this: You know, to what level do you guys like to have a theme for your music, and how important are themes to you? 
I think they're very important because um, this is uh, the music is an outlet for us, and um, not also on the on the musical side, but also on the emotional mm-hmm. and intellectual side. You know, because um, we're all like thinking human beings, and we have stuff that we carry around with uh, with us, and um, shit going on in the world affects us. You know, we we talk about this. You know, when we're sitting in the tour bus for endless hours, of course we talk about everything. You know, also political stuff because. We're all grown-ups, you know. We we are political persons, you know. And yeah. and the whole pandemic that showed us all that the world is so small, you know. And stuff that's happening at the other end of the world can affect your life like this, you know, and change everything. And then you have this, the, the different styles that the governments and politicians deal with international crisis and stuff and i mean that's not new stuff you know we, we have seen this on on endless uh, crisis before but um corona or covid was was a completely new scale on this i think and um yeah so so the 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 lyrical content is pretty important but we don't want to want to make it too head heavy you know so mm-hmm. okay there there are some political songs on this and that's cool um but we also want the entertaining stuff you know like unholy rights which is just a a, a goofy zombie song. <laughs> i love that music video <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know but there was just you know the, the song it, it had just a, yeah. a positive party vibe you know when we wrote this we thought like man this is a death metal party song you know you just want to make you move and um so let's have some positive or like funny lyrics on it so we wrote this uh zombie stuff um then of course we have the political stuff like um count the dead or merciless tide and uh, we have those weird animal stories that we used to have on all our albums with um moribund and uh um, frantic redemption right right you know you know it's it's the way i see it when someone says I mean, it's a political record. I don't like to look at it just like that. You write about what you want to write about. If it's a political record, you think it's going to, you have to subject it to that. You have to limit it to that. But you guys aren't about that. It's about what you guys, what interests you? What do you have a passion for? What do you want to write about? You know, a lot, so many people will say, and I know there's a whole bunch of them. You've seen it. You know, they'll say, oh, you shouldn't talk about politics. You're in music. No, that's, that's not the way. I, I, I just, I just think that just diminishes the creativity there because right what, what you're passionate about you're you should be allowed at least i think to express it through any form of media you want right i don't know i mean it's That's, it's art you know and art yeah. per se has always been political and um it's not that we tell people you have to believe this or that or you have to vote for this guy or that guy whatever it's not that you know it's just we're expressing mm-hmm. our feelings about s- certain stuff and either you agree or you disagree but man that's fine you know have your own opinion whatever you know um but like telling telling musicians oh shut up about politics that's bullshit you know it's not yeah. how it works because politics is nothing that is detached from music and or the other anything. way around. or even or even I'll, I'll even throw sports in there you know Wh- whatever yeah. you have you, you can use whatever that you venue anyway it's, yeah it's all this these are all aspects and parts of life in general so exactly man, I, we want to sing about it fuck yeah we do it you know do you, you don't want to hear it turn hey off. if you don't want to hear it don't <laughs> yeah. there are <laughs> like 10 million bands out there you know that might not say something that's uncomfortable for you 
yeah. go listen to them. You know, it's, and it's us metalheads are us metalheads are fine with that. Yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. You know, yeah. do you see Mount Carcass as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time of your life? Looking back, Ben. Of course, absolutely. So this this definitely will be our COVID record, you know, in the history <laughs> books, in our yeah. in our very small uh, band history book. Uh, it's gonna be that COVID record because it was made under those weird and pro- hopefully unique circumstances, and we will always remember how everything happened. Now, um, I mean, like putting out the harvest in October nineteen, and we played. I think 12 shows with that record and we were planning to to tour throughout 2020 with that record and it just got screwed you know and suddenly we we find ourselves in the rehearsing room writing a new record and it feels a little bit like you know cheating on your uh, previous one <laughs> girlfriend record, oh. <laughs> you know that you, you, like, oh sorry i just created you but uh there's a new one so, so, thanks yeah. <laughs> i it's have a new passion <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's the one way to look at it you know from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in which we have discussed about so far whether it's with end seeker buried in black playing all the festivals you have you know summer breeze meltdown 30 years in the industry have your aspirations as a person, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Sure, of course. I mean, would be terrible if I didn't, you know, like I, I'm a learning and evolving person. And um, yeah, things are different. I learned a lot on the way when I, when I went on my first big tour that must have been like 2004 or something, um, I was playing in a, whatever band back then and and we were touring in germany with soulfly which oh was my like, gosh. <laughs> crazy and they were huge at that time so we were playing like two thousand or three three thousand capacity venues that was absolutely crazy but we were sleeping in sleeping bags um, you know on the pavement because we couldn't afford a hotel you know we're living like bums it was crazy back then and i learned a lot on that way you know and i've seen a lot and um like what what are the touring routines of bigger bands what can you learn from them how do Mm -hmm. they handle this and that you know what is what is the efficient way um for doing sound checks blah 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 blah, all this stuff you know when when you start making music you're you're a lunatic you know like doing crazy stuff wasting time you know spending time and money on on the wrong things you know and uh, yeah but but the longer you do this and the more you're on the road you really know okay this is these are the essentials and and i have to take care about this first and everything else comes after that so that's and of course there's some kind of disillusionment in mm-hmm. everything um it just seems like uh, just to everything you're talking about, you know, 2004, ironically enough, that was, I, I remember seeing Dimebag at uh, a show th- two months before he got shot on stage. Insane. And uh, it like, you're talking about 2004, that seems like a lifetime ago. I mean, you could talk about, yeah, it was 17 something years ago, but doesn't it seem like I can't believe I lived that life? I don't know. Has that? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like now Absolutely. we're here. It almost seems unreal that we are going to return to that life sooner than later, hopefully. Yeah, it's it's, it's true. It's crazy. It's uh, it's absolutely weird. As I said in the beginning, like who would have expected something like this to happen? You know, and of course, 
those kind of major changes in all our lives and all of a sudden um, it's crazy i i if you would have asked me like two years ago i would have said no way that's impossible <laughs> that's impossible. right of course i'm gonna leave you off with this here uh, i'm gonna end something with something kind of fun here five favorite albums you can think of at the top of your head it's been a while since i asked this to one of my guests but i'm gonna oh ask you oh my god oh my god <laughs> putting okay. you on the spot okay uh like since you're uh, sitting in dallas then of course it's a pantera album uh, that i named first yeah. uh, and um i i love all of their albums actually but uh what stands a little out for me is far beyond driven yes that is my favorite too i knew okay i'm glad you said uh, that just, Basically, just because it contains my favorite song, probably of all time, which is I'm Broken. Um, yeah. So Very you can play that song on my funeral. Yeah. I absolutely love that song. That. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What you and, got for the uh, other four? That's awesome. And um, okay. So this, um, then we go to Megadeth. So far, so good. So what? Um, it's Excellent. my favorite album of Megadeth. He's so angry on that album it's so punkish and raw it's great um boat thrower hard to pick one maybe those ones loyal or uh, full victory I, I would out of those two probably those ones loyal just because i just because that was probably the first boat thrower exposure i've ever had but um i mean everyone i mean you could pick any album yeah. in their discography so a any boat thrower album is absolutely majestic it's great um so well that was three right yeah, that's three. Um, uh, Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss. Excellent. And um, maybe one that's a little bit out of that, uh, King's Eggs, Dogman. Oh, wow. That is out of... Yeah, that actually even shows uh, your growth in your musicality, just that five alone. Yeah, I, I mean, might... I could have thrown like Alice in Chains, Dirt in it or whatever, you know? There's so many good albums or any Iron Maiden album. You know, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, so... Ask me in half an hour, and my five favorite albums may <laughs> will change. Else, you know, or there's uh, Master of Puppets in it. You know, yeah. I don't. But yeah, King's X Dogman is one of my all-time favorites. So. Do me a favor, stick around just for thirty seconds after the interview. But uh, before I finish things off here, do you have any last words, any shout-outs, anything you'd like to plug in as far as End Seeker? I know you guys do have that live stream. Uh, do you have, uh, as far as my listeners, anything you want to shout out to them for seeing your live stream? Where they can go to access that. Yeah, sure. So we're playing this live stream on April 18th and uh, you can buy tickets at our uh, Kings Road online store. Um, you can buy bundles there with like different uh, like vinyl things or, or CDs and stuff. And you can also buy single tickets, but that's over the homepage of the Knus in Hamburg. Okay. I think they're they're selling single tickets. Right. That is the venue you are playing at too. Yeah, right. I forgot I'm to mention that. I'm, no. The crazy thing is, this is the venue where we had our last release show for The Harvest. And we played that club, it was sold out, and there were more than 400 people in there. And it was such a great evening. And we're going to play this venue again this time, and it's going to be empty, you know? What you and guys should do is do, if, if you have one, do a side-by-side -side comparison of like <laughs> you guys playing that live, and then and have, have someone take a picture of you guys playing yeah. in an empty vein, just side by side, just showing the comparison of two yeah. years. I, I think that would be quite the dynamic if you were to put that out there for everyone yeah. to see. 
It, it's gonna feel pretty awkward. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're gonna get out of this sooner or later. I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on that. And everyone Absolutely. who's listening, everyone who's listening, this is Ben from End Seeker. Mount Carcass comes out April 16th on Metal Blade Records. Don't forget to buy the album if you can. You know, purchase the album because the bands can't do it without your help. Uh, check out their live stream. Obviously, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams: iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform you have. Check us on our interview from underfire.com. Uh, ben, this has been an honor. Uh, let's stay in touch, and we'll do this next time, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was great fun. Uh, I hope to meet you in person one day, and I hope to meet everybody of the listeners in person one day and have a beer with them at the merchandise after our show. And barbecue in Texas, because that's important. <laughs> well, absolutely. Absolutely. I know he rides, bends on the tube. My soul is solid, bringer of doom. Draw to the surface, dig through the mud. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.